Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Boy, you wished you could be here before the show starts. Welcome to the show. It is Tuesday, January 30th. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning 5 and Change. Joined on Tuesdays and Thursdays, as always, by Mark Porter and Bill Gerlich. Gentlemen, it has not been the furious addition uh, window that we were enjoying. There was this time there when I felt like if we didn't get a five-star recruit, the day was not complete. However, since our last show on Thursday, we have posted Mark's evaluation of Julian Sand. And then on Saturday, really big news, Carter Lowe, most coveted offensive lineman uh, in Ohio right now, let's say, committed to Ohio State. So let's go in reverse order here. Just to bring everyone back up to speed, Mark, if you could quickly let everybody know what Carter Lowe is as a football player. And, Bill, you can wrap up his recruitment and maybe how it went down the stretch there, and uh, we can go from there. Well, Carter is an offensive tackle from Plato Whitmer, and I, I would classify him as a very balanced offensive tackle, meaning he can pass, protect, and he can run block uh, with equal efficiency. I wouldn't say he's one or the other. Uh, his, his footwork we got a chance to see on, like, their college showcase day. It was really quick, and that's what kind of – turned me on to how elite he was because of the footwork. And what I also like about him is his lower body build. He carries a lot of his good weight in that, you know, mid torso, butt, thighs area, where that's where you want to carry your weight for a good power base. And that's why he looks so great in the run game is when he pops people, there's a lot of, you know, body coming behind him and a lot of pop. He's got heavy hands. A lot of times when he throws those hands and they shock the player, so he's got some really elite traits. Uh, as I was looking at the message boards, people want to know if he's a plug-and-play starter freshman year. You know, they get a little – I think we get a little excited when you get the best lineman from Ohio every year. Um, my simple comment to that is I hope we don't ever need a true freshman offensive lineman to come in and start, and not because they're not good enough, but because that offensive line position is a physical position where you probably need some weight room time. You know, I think, you know, a couple years in the weight room is really what makes your offense and defensive line a little, you know, the secret 
sauce, so to speak, with an offensive line is having a little more strength and girth. So, yeah, I give him a little time to bake. He'll be one of the best on the team. He, he's really that diverse and that good, can play left tackle. Uh, but I think I said he's built like a guard a little bit because his body is so thick in that lower region. So and they, they're like, oh, is that a knock? You think he's a guard because he's got a guard body? No, I just think he's really well built for an offensive lineman. Bill, if we have to start Carter Lowe as a freshman, to me that would be more of an indictment of who's already in the room than uh, some raising of Carter Lowe, but I digress. Talk about his recruitment. Yeah, I, I would agree with both what you and Mark said. You know, it's really hard and uh, to start as a true freshman. And actually, Carter would, would agree with you. I uh, talked to him before his commitment, and we talked about – his future and everything. And, and he said, you know, it's hard to go to a place like Ohio state and start as a true freshman. That's really hard. So he knows it, but his goal is to get meaningful reps as a true freshman. And if he happens to be able to work into the starting lineup, then fantastic. But he knows that's a difficult task Um, by his second year, beginning of a second year. That's when it really kicks in that he's hoping to be a, full-time impact type guy starter. And I hate to say this, but you have to look no further than the school up north. Uh, the last couple of years, they've been known as either having the best offensive line in college football or one of the best, and they're not playing with freshmen. Mm-hmm. Quite the opposite. They have been playing with third, fourth, and fifth-year offensive linemen and sixth-year offensive linemen. Those guys have been around for quite a while, and that's why they've been a big part of the reason why they've been so good. It just, you know, like Mark said, if you have to rely on a freshman, then that's probably not where you want your uh, roster to be, especially in the the time of the transfer portal when you hopefully could go plug a guy in that is a little bit more plug-and-play type guy. Uh, As far as his recruitment, you know, it was – there was five – Five hats on the table, Ohio State, Michigan, Georgia, Tennessee, Alabama. And as I mentioned in one of my articles, it really wasn't at the end an Ohio State-Michigan battle. Carter had told me maybe two, three weeks or so before he announced that Michigan, you know, had really stopped pursuing him hard. And it wasn't because they didn't want him. They absolutely wanted him. It was a raising of the white flag, so to speak, knowing at Michigan, he's not coming here. Why waste our time? Um, So really, you know, he had uh, Tennessee was maybe the school that was pursuing him the hardest other than Ohio State closer to the end. Um, But, you know, it was really known pretty well he was going to be a Buckeye. Yeah, he just uh, people are asking who the last true freshman to start was. Wasn't it Mike Jordan? So he, um, yeah, he played a lot. Um, you know, the the most recent, I guess, big big time offensive lineman that Ohio State really landed was Paris Johnson. He he did not start as a true freshman. Right. In fact, played guard his uh, first year on the field, and that's a sign that the offensive line was fully stocked with veterans, and you could move in the elite freshman and second year player into uh, the spots needed. Clearly, it did not hold Paris back, as he was probably the best, I think it's fair to say, the best freshman or rookie left tackle in the league this year, as advertised. 
And, and, and yep. that, besides Paris Johnson, probably the next best uh, highly rated regarded guy was Donovan Jackson. Did not start Shocker. as a, yeah. Shocker, you brought that one up, Bill, considering he plays for the uh, your dogs. Um, is he fully healthy now? Do we expect no, not him? Don, not Dewan Jones, Donovan Jackson. Okay, but I'm saying Dewan Jones, also a stud right tackle for your Browns. Um, had a good year. We hope he gets healthy. All right. I don't think – did Taylor Decker start as a freshman? I don't think. I don't think he did. I no. think that was a redshirt freshman. Here's what I do remember about Taylor Decker. His very first start was against University at Buffalo which is weird that they call it that. And he was matched up with a guy you, uh, named Khalil Mack, and it did not go well. I think it was like the worst start of his career. Khalil Mack to this day is the best defensive player I've seen go against Ohio State um, and threw up some crazy stats in that game. And the question of how Khalil Mack got from Florida to Buffalo is one of the great questions the earth uh, is asking. All right, let's get to recruiting, Bill. The common question now is we've hit kind of a normal vibe and not adding five stars and the portal activity has subsided is who is the next to commit in the class of 2025? At one point, we really thought it was going to be Dorian Brew, the uh, Dayton native who has since uh, matriculated to Conroe, Texas. He had an uh, announcement for earlier last week, I think, and that got postponed. So, Bill, bring us up to speed on where we are in terms of next guy to commit. And it doesn't sound like we're going to be up for a while. Well, as I always say, you never know. I mean, a a kid could all of a sudden decide, hey, I know where I want to go. You know, Carter Lowe didn't make a snap decision, but his decision just came down to, hey, I know where I want to go. I talked to my parents about it. So why wait? And he didn't wait. He ended up committing. So and a kid can always do that. But as you mentioned, Dan, uh, Dorian Brew had scheduled his announcement for January 24th, his mom's birthday. His mom, of course, is not just a graduate of the Ohio State University, but a uh, pretty esteemed Ohio State Women's Track Hall of Fame graduate of Ohio State. So that one looked like it was going to go to Ohio State on January 24th, but he postponed that decision. Uh, He has not said yet when he will decide. Will he all of a sudden go ahead and, like Carter Lowe, say, hey, I know where I want to go. Let's get this done. Or will he wait it out? Uh, Michigan became uh, more involved in trying to convince him it's not time to announce. And Texas, the Texas A&M, those schools are, are still pursuing him, obviously. Um, he's picked up one or two more offers in the last week or two. Not surprising. He's a great player. So we'll see on Dorian. But right now, he hasn't said exactly when he's going to announce. Uh, the other one that I thought was close, perhaps, was tight end Nate Roberts um, from Oklahoma. But it looks like he's going to wait a little bit, too. Um he visited Ohio State again uh, earlier this month. It went very well, but uh, he has a relative um, that t- transferred to Oklahoma, and Oklahoma and Oregon are Ohio State's main competition there. And Nate Roberts um, uh, visited Oklahoma, or I'm sorry, sorry, visited Oregon. So we'll see how that one goes. But right now, there is not anyone in particular that's, that has told me that Ohio State 
really wants at this point that has told me that they are on the verge of announcing their decision. Again, though, by this afternoon, I could get a call and that could change. All right. Let's talk 2025 here, Mark. You have uh, kind of reached a uh, right of milestone in your evaluation of 2025. Got a chance to look at a lot of film. Let's talk about a few guys in Ohio that we maybe haven't talked about as much or guys, let's maybe sleepers or even guys that are uh, geared towards Ohio State that impressed you. Who has uh, popped up in your latest review? Yeah, I feel like we've we've kind of beat the same horses over and over with some of the names in 2025. And that's common after sophomore year. There's not a lot of names that are that arise. Uh, going into the summer, you know there's going to be kids going into camp that are going to have a chance to walk away with Ohio State offers. Um, I hope I'm mentioning some of those kids right now and, and kind of getting their names fresh in your head. Um, at, at receiver in Ohio, we kept getting questions about Quentin Simmons, uh, the, the Cincinnati Withrow receiver, and, you know, would he be an Ohio State offer? And you know what? He is really good. He is explosive, fast. Um, it, it wouldn't shock me. We talked about how raw he was at camp last year. Even watching his uh, film, a lot of kickoff returns for touchdowns, a lot of go routes for touchdowns, but do you see a complete route tree? Is it, you know, a polish? Like some of the receiver prospects we get to watch that Hardline's recruiting are the definition of polished. You look at polished in the dictionary and there they are. Um, so he might lack a little bit of that. The other guy that we're not talking about that has about 20 offers is Sean Terry from Ironton. Uh, and he's another shifty kid that makes a ton of plays. Um, his offer list has grown and grown. I wouldn't be surprised if he's a kid that camps at Ohio State and could be someone that, you know, picks up an offer. He's only about 175 pounds right now, and then he has the speed to go with that, but that, that would be his knock. But we haven't talked about him. And then there's some linebackers in Ohio. I think Paul Nelson from Princeton was a name we kind of blew up last year, but he's been overshadowed by uh, the guys at Winton Woods. You know, there, there, there hasn't been as much talk about Nelson. But I think Trey Verndon over at Hamilton – is an outstanding football player. You know, he plays out on the edge, but he doesn't have the size to play the edge. He's, you know, probably a 6'1", 6'2", middle linebacker build. And, boy, when you want to see a football player play, a guy that does stuff that you can't teach and the way he sheds blocks, the way he makes decisions, when to slip a block, when to go over top, when to go underneath, it's really uncanny, and I, and I think he'll be a name that's interesting. I know we have Eli Lee from Akron Hoban already committed, but, Keep an, eye for, keep an eye out for Trey Vernon. Uh, Tucker Caddis was an offensive lineman I think we could be looking at, you know, as we get into this. He's maybe the second-best offensive lineman in Ohio. Uh, Caden Penning is a tight end defensive end combo from Anderson that Bill and I have talked about. We went to see during skeezing. Um, Dante McClellan, the linebacker from uh, uh, Kent McKinley. Let's talk about Dior Garner, his running mate. He's the big nose man offensive lineman that helps free up blocks for him. But there's actually two guys out of Camp McKinley that I think could be camp-worthy of offers. Uh, Kentrell Reinhardt is a heck of a running back down there at uh, Bishop Reedy High School. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be an Ohio State caliber running back, but I hate seeing guys like that go other places. Um, I saw a, a question about Luca Gilbert, the tight end from uh, Lakota West, pop up. Well, Tyler, I want to say his name right, Kielmeyer from Westerville South. Um First time I saw him, 6'6", 200, playing receiver. Uh, did some nice plays at receiver, but had no blocking tape. I think he's about 240 pounds right now, 6'6". Uh, he's got a pretty nice offer list. And you know what? 
if uh, Luca Gilbert doesn't work out, this is a little better, a little more polished receiving version of a, of a body that size. So let's not rule out a kid like that. And that's right in your backyard there, Bill. Um, Dom Neal Rogers, the corner from Winton Woods. I'll probably have a, uh, maybe a say in this later on as he gets into camps. Um, I, I don't want to bore you guys because I could read a few more names off as maybe longer shots. Maybe I should come up for air before I keep going. Uh, I'll let you guys interject. <laughs> We got a question about Cedric Works. Cedric Works, a defensive end at Northmont. He's about, what, 6'4", 240. Is that fair to say right now? Is that yeah. reasonable? And he's a legit 6'4". This is not a uh, – I mean, he's a big kid. He plays center on their basketball team, athletic, kind of a longer guy right now. My question is, if you have a Georgia offer, are you willing to go to camp at Ohio State and play for an offer? Should be, and I think he's good enough to. And, and he might not have to. By the time we get there, you know, things will jiggle loose, and he might be a guy that's offered. But a big fan of that kid. Uh, I, I think Ohio State got a little caught up in the portal here and getting their wheels under the ground. As you know, like it's not like you could get an early start on the portal and prepare for it. Like when that day, when that gate opens up and those names go in. Okay, start watching film today. It's not like you could set your guys two months in advance and start watching tape. So I think the, the, their staff, you know, got a little overworked there. And, and that's hard to say it at Ohio State because they have a hell, hell, heck of a big staff. Um, another defensive end we haven't talked about it down at St. Xavier, Gordy Selfstead. Uh, he's got a nice offer list too. And he's one of those hard-nosed, blue-collar guys that you, you kind of – the more I watch them, the more I like them. And, you know, I, I watched Cedric works again, you know, and I watch him with a little more scrutiny the second time. And, boy, his film holds up. I, I think he falls into that football player list, um, you know, type guy where he just – he's a great football player. And I think sometimes, you know, you don't want to get – like he's only 235 pounds at 6'5", and you might knock him because he's not quite that big yet. But I, I liked him as a football player. And then, of course – Time out. Time out on that. It's called time out. Cedric works. If the apple f doesn't fall far from the tree, his dad is a thick dude. Okay. Like I've told you a while back, my kid played hoops with him. That's not going to be an issue for him. P trust me. And the way we talked about Adolphus Washington and Vrabel saying apple tree and dogs and pups that bite, this dude is, uh, Cedric Works is going to be legit um, size wise. Well, one thing I might add. Um, sometimes schools from out of state, big time schools, will try to force Ohio State's hand and offer an Ohio kid, and their offer is not committable. And I'm not saying any one particular player that's the case, but I am saying that a Georgia or a Michigan or a uh, LSU does this, you know, what, whatever they they'll come in and offer a kid in Ohio, knowing that it's a little harder for Ohio state to offer a kid in Ohio and not make that offer committable. Does it ever happen? Sure. But it's a little harder for the Buckeyes to do that. And schools want to try to force Ohio state's hand and maybe put offers out there that aren't always committable. So I will say, be a little cautious sometimes on that end of things. Back in the day, there are some people who believe this is what happened with Cardell Jones, which is ironic. LSU offered a non-committable offer and Ohio State then had to jump in. That was the whole Braxton Miller thing. 
But that was a while ago, and I'd like to thank LSU for doing that. Um, that worked out pretty well. Uh, let's. Uh, I would throw in uh, Jackson Wiley at over Nolan Tangy into that receiver bucket with Sean Terry, and you know he's one of the top legacy. Yeah, so he's a he's a guy that I, I bet you he's camping this summer. I mean, he, he's got a great film, and he had a great quarterback, uh, Grunkenmeyer. Or yeah, he was really. Penn State bound. Yeah, dealing balls to him this summer. So that kind of, I think, gave him a chance to raise his stock. Um, of course, Brandon Caesar uh, up at uh, Cleveland Heights. Nolan Davenport from Massillon, Washington, was a tight end last year that was maybe one of those 6'6", 240-pound tight ends who's now embraced left tackle. Um, he may be a guy that we're talking about maybe after Tucker Caddis as an offensive lineman. Uh, my hometown, Angela DeLucia, is a uh, tight end that's – 260 pounds, 6'6", but he's going to be playing uh, offensive tackle. He, His film really held up when I watched it, so I get to mention the hometown guy. I never uh, would have guessed Angelo DeLuccia was from your hometown. Go ahead. Yeah, there's there's some Italians in this town. But really, <laughs> there, are, there are some names here, and it's kind of fun here. If you said, Mark, what's your crystal ball? Which one of these guys is the offer? Boy, the, I don't know which one I pick. Because fresh off of the watching film, I kind of have a man crush on some of these guys. Because they they made progress from their sophomore year. And I think I always fall in love with that. Like, wow, look at the difference. Look at the, the pop on the tape. And sometimes I read my evaluations from sophomore year and I notice it. Trey Vernon, I think, is my winner. I, I didn't see that coming from him. Um, I really, I, I think. The key from Hamilton. Yeah, I think, boy, his offer list is already good. But as people really get in there and, and dig in, and Harvey Crouch, his head coach, he said he's the best football player he's ever coached. And, you know, I, that was a couple months ago he told me that. Uh, I'm coming to that party now. So I'm, I'm with him. He, he really is an outstanding guy. Quick, a quick comment on a few of those names Mark mentioned. Well, two of the names Mark mentioned and one that he hasn't mentioned. Uh, <clears throat> uh, I just happened to talk to Trey Vernon last night, and he is absolutely interested in Ohio State. If uh, the Buck, He actually went to Ohio State Summerfest uh, back at the end of July. He was at that event. Um, Ohio State hasn't shown recently, uh, they haven't been to a school yet, but if Ohio State comes calling, Trey Vernon is absolutely going to be listening. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, Nolan Davenport, Mark mentioned the offensive tackle at Madison, Washington. Ohio State has come calling there. They haven't offered him a scholarship yet, but um, he uh, got a visit at his school just recently from Ohio State. So uh, the Buckeyes are on that track, so to speak, though they haven't offered yet. And one name Mark hasn't mentioned yet. This was a little bit of a maybe a surprise that Ohio State showed up at his school last week. Uh, Carson Noonan. He's a defensive Noonan. end. Yeah, Carson Noonan. Defensive end out of Medina Highland up around Cleveland. Uh, he's not tall enough probably to play defensive end at the higher State level. He's about 6'3", 260, 265, probably will be a defensive tackle in college. But Jim Knowles stopped at his school last week on Friday. Uh, there's definitely mutual interest there. Right now, though, um, he is, his offers are at the MAC level, but I think that's going to change. And especially now that Ohio State's showing up at a school, it's probably going to change. So keep that name on the radar school as well. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast also if your last name's noonan and you succeeded in front of a crowd you are mentally tough because you've been heckled you know what like uh, i noticed my kids haven't watched caddyshack yet so they don't get a bad parent is that what you're trying to say well, they are like 10-year-olds. But, I mean, I was thinking so, about that. Like, they don't get those jokes because they don't know how to find those movies. And I don't think they can enjoy that type of humor. I'm gonna It's their loss. Whole, yeah, I'm going to throw this whole thing off the rails with that. But, yeah, as you're saying, these people, these kids may be getting – this, this classmates not even have seen the movie. They might not even know who Noonan is. That's a good point. But they have uh, parents. They have parents in the crowd. And I would be one sending out a link to Wikipedia – and uh, letting everyone get get voiced out there. Anyone else you guys want? Bill, I get this. Mika Hannah has an obsession with London Merritt, Bill. Can you introduce us to London Merritt? Oh, he's a, he's a good one. He's a very good one. He's out of Georgia, out of the Atlanta area. He's a defensive end, edge guy, about 6'3", eh, 6'4", six, six, um, 240. Ohio State has been to see him multiple times. He has been to Ohio State um several times and he, he got an offer from high state early there is definite mutual interest there in fact uh um would not shock me at all if, if london Merritt eventually ended up at ohio state as a, as a buckeye commitment so let's go with that bill um we've talked this has become every major program maybe say every major program but certainly east of the mississippi who wants to win the national championship has uh, amped their resources in Georgia for recruiting over the last decade. Because if you look at where the players are coming from, Georgia is on the absolute uptick. Um, We've talked about this a lot, but Urban even said you could set up camp in Gwinnett County, north of Atlanta, and build yourself a championship team just there. So I noted that Ohio State 
has doled out some more offers to younger fellas. And it does seem like one of the themes is Georgia. Uh, I assume this is not just because, well, obviously they would probably offer these guys anyway, but the fact that there is one less, let's say, Southern uh, icon out there recruiting right now in uh, Nick Saban. And we had established that right now, if you're in the elite of the elite football player, at least prior to Nick's decision, if you had offers from Ohio State, Georgia, and Alabama, you were the elite of the elite. That changes. There's a group of schools always that in Ohio State and Alabama have been fortunate to be in that mix for – I'd have to get my abacus out. But Georgia's out. Excuse me. Alabama's out. Georgia's in. We've talked about who the third school will be. But for right now, I do think that gives Ohio State an advantage in the South. They've gone – Offer nuts, let's say, or offer aggressive in Georgia. Can you let us know some of those guys, maybe the ones they are particularly interested in? Well, they did uh, several things there. Uh, number one, uh, Tim Walton has become a super recruiter for Ohio State. People are talking about him along the lines of Brian Hartline. Uh, he is from Georgia, and obviously that's his one of his recruiting states, Georgia. Uh, so that's a very positive for Ohio State that Tim Walton is Ohio State's guy in that state. Uh, matter of fact, Tim Walton was in Georgia yesterday, as you mentioned, Dan. Uh, I posted this on our board. He made a couple more offers for Ohio State. Uh, Xavier Griffin, he's a uh, linebacker athlete from Gainesville, Georgia, High State, 2026. High State offered him yesterday. He is definitely interested in the Buckeyes and. Dorian Barney, he's a safety, or I'm sorry, he's a corner out of uh, Sewanee, Peachtree Ridge High School. That's a pretty famous high school as far as football, prep football talent. Uh, Walton offered him yesterday. Um, so, you know, High State's got a great start there when you've got a guy like Tim Walton, that being his state recruiting there. Uh, Georgia can't take them all. There are so many good football players, exactly. prospects in the state of Georgia. And Ohio State knows that Georgia can't take all these guys. Uh, it is not a prime recruiting state for Ohio State and has been for a number of years, actually. Then one other factor. Don't forget about the Caleb Downs factor. Caleb Downs may have uh, matriculated to Alabama, but he's a Georgia kid. And... When Ohio State um, was able to land Caleb Downs in the transfer portal, it raised some eyebrows down in the state of Georgia. And I will mention in particular one guy, Micah DeBose, the offensive tackle that Ohio State was out in force to see uh, last week. Um, they took uh, four coaches were at his school uh, to see him. It hasn't been lost on uh, Micah DeBose that Ohio State was able to pull Caleb Downs uh, away from Georgia, from going back home to Georgia, and to get him up at Ohio State. So that's another factor going in Ohio State's favor, the Caleb Downs factor. I'll add to that, Bill. Caleb Downs and his teammates at Mill Creek High School. Is that right? Yep. Mm -hmm. I sometimes call it Moss Creek for some reason. I don't know why that Mill is. Creek. Yep. Mill Creek. It's Miller Moss. I'm sorry. It's Mill Creek. Yeah. Mill, Mill, okay. Mill Creek. If you look at their biggest games last year, and I'm telling you something, if you want to Google this, it is absolutely worth your time. Google the game between the highlights of Mill Creek versus Buford last year. 
when he was a senior. Justice Haynes toting the ball for Buford. Edric Houston is on Buford. Seth McLaughlin, our center that we got out of Alabama, also from Buford. So you're building a nice little pipeline. And if you're bringing guys up from Buford and guys who went to Buford are in the locker room, that helps tremendously. Also, Gary, Gary what, Miller. 18 or 19. Yeah. yeah. And McLaughlin's 22. So you yeah. spend a nice career there. If their older brothers play with them, or you know what I'm saying? You've got everybody licked in there. So it's really good stuff. Um, and Harry, Harry Miller was from Buford. Just, by the way, could Buford beat a Division three school in football? That's what I want to see. What do you think, Mark? Give him one year to lift weights. Give him, give him all a fifth year, and I think, yeah. yeah. Who's covering like, Caleb? Like, that argument that could, like, Alabama beat the Cincinnati Bengals back no, in the day. No, that's different. I'm know, not like, saying it, that. But, but those arguments can – you know, like a, a great division, whatever team beat the next rung up. Th- those are always interesting questions. Like the best division three team, how would they do? Uh, but yeah, a high school team like that, boy, it, they're just not strong enough in high school sometimes to deal with grown men. Okay. But yeah. I know, dude. Give, I'm, give, I'm, them, give them like a red shirt. I, I'll, I'll, the money will slide <laughs> the other way. I'd have to think a Division three team that's been lifting for three or four years would be would be fast enough and good. I don't know. I'm just trying to be respectful of college human beings. Yeah, I'll take Buford and the points. Um, <laughs> just for future recruiting. Uh, Bill, one other guy I want to talk about just because his name has come up. And he, at this point, he's so effusive in his praise of Ohio State that I'm almost ready to do my mental crystal ball. And that is Jamie, or I mean French, the wide receiver. It certainly sounds like he knows where the best wide receivers go to play football, Bill. Yeah, I think uh, um, right now that is a stay in the state of Florida versus Ohio State battle. Okay. Um, you know, Miami's in there, Florida State is in there, and Ohio State is in there. Um, he is well aware of Ohio State's uh, wide receiver tree. He's going to keep a close eye uh, on things with Jeremiah Smith. Uh, but, you know, I wouldn't bet against the Buckeyes in that one right now. He, of course, is the former Alabama commitment that Ohio State was very much in on before he committed to Alabama. But, uh, like I said, I think that, uh, uh, you know, it, it, the, the strong betting money is he either stays in the state of Florida or he matriculates to the great state of Ohio and plays for the Buckeyes. All right, let's take a couple more here before we boogie. That's what we really want to know. Ju- Julian, we haven't talked about Julian saying yet. Mark, this is why <laughs> I hired you. Yep. <laughs> we will finish with Mark's evaluation of Julian saying that went up on the site over the weekend, I believe. Um, very interesting prospect. Won the Elite 11. Um, largely because he crushed the pro day uh, event, which is basically what you think. It's like uh, if you have a fear of speaking in front of others, this wouldn't be a good day for you. You're up there in front of everybody uh, getting minced. So what are we getting in Julian saying? And I don't think you're legally obligated or you're legally obligated to then comment on how he compares to Aaron Nolan. Yeah, that, that is the hot question, and I'll save that for the second part of it. Uh, when you first see Julian saying, 
And if he walked by you in the mall, you would not know it was a big time football talent. Uh, it's always fun when you see kids like that and players like that, that Tom Brady's when it with his shirt off at the combine is probably one of the more, you know, one of the more, one of the more well-told stories of it's not how you look. Okay. It's what you can do with your brain and your processing. Um, I have a couple of young quarterbacks and I am being baptized into the world of how your feet sync up with your shoulders, sync up with your hips, sync up with your mind, you know, the throwing motion, the delivery, uh, how many little things there are details. Right. Yeah. And, and at the end of the day, it's like, why does all that matter? Why can't you be Cozart and just throw him sidearm? And why can't you be some of these unconventional guys that have motions that you see in the NFL? You know, Philip Rivers was one of them. Um, you have to be really good to get away with those unconventional motions because everyone's looking for repeated accuracy. Uh, the human jugs machine. Uh, is what they want. The coaches want to know that when we get our guy's feet set at the right, right target and he just does his normal motion, golfers can appreciate this. Get all set up. Just do your normal motion. The ball goes straight. Uh, that's what you're looking for. And that is Julian saying. Uh, I, the Brock Purdy, maybe Joe Montana, just because we're in the Niners uniform, that unassuming six one six two quarterback that, boy, if you watch Brock Purdy play, he just stands there with a firm base and he steps in the throws and, and it's really impressive for the, for the Niners to have that much courage in a seventh round pick to cut a guy they spent three first round picks on it tells you what they say. So I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm using that comparison to show you the value of a six, two, six, one quarterback. And uh, we get so used to the six, five kid, uh, all these flashy highlights were Julian saying is not flashing. He just gets it done. Uh, the, the, we, we put a little few of those clips from the Elite 11 in there, and it's repeated accuracy. Um, Bill, Bill Walsh is famous for saying, hey, I want it six inches in front of the chin. Julian Sands, the guy that says, I'll put it six inches in front of the <clears> chin. <throat> uh, it's really – that that's going to be the quality that if he wins a starting job at Ohio State that we're going to fall in love with the most, that you can count on him to make a, a deliverable, catchable ball repeatedly. You're not going to see balls air mailed or at people's uh, feet. And, you know, at his young age, I think that polish will come. Uh, his feet are good. That, that, that'll be the next question. Because as I get into Aaron Nolan, Aaron Nolan will be probably the most athletic quarterback on the roster. You know, he really can run. Uh, he does come off as a passer more than a runner. So he, you put him in a balance type of, you know, worksheet. Like, he gets it done both. But comparing those two, I think the only way I can comfort Buckeye fans is we get the winner. You know, whoever comes out of that you know, arms race coming out on top, he, he's ours. And the other guy will have to make a tough decision, and that's unfortunate. Um, worked out for Cardell and Braxton. Maybe they are here for a little time together. And I, I hate this world of, you know, if one of them doesn't get it, then the other one may leave. And having to be a guy that predicts that stuff, that, that's always a, an icky Nature question. Beast. Yeah, it's an icky question, and I get paid to answer it, so I am. Um, but – it's hard to say who's going to come out of there. I mean, we're a thousand or two thousand reps away from that decision being known. So, as a prognosticator, I would prognosticate that. Wow, just don't don't try to make a call on that yet. Let these guys, you know, let's see, let's get some spring ball tape. Let's see some footage there before we really say who's ahead. And, and it may come down to the processing. You know, who can get back there under pressure and be themselves under that pressure, meaning. Be the guy we've seen on their high school tape under the 
pressure of a, a Michigan game or, you know, a big time down in distance, et cetera. So uh, some big time quarterbacks, though. Fun, fun to have. I can't believe Saiyan's actually here. That that really loads up that room to the point where you, you can you, – you're relaxed if you're the, the Buckeyes. By the way, Miss D. Sanchez kind of stole my thunder. I just saw her comment. I was about ready to say – uh, anybody at least a little excited about uh, watching the quarterbacks this spring? And D. Sanchez, I just saw her uh, comment, excited to see the quarterbacks this spring or something along those lines. It's, it's going to be fun watching those five guys uh, this spring. And real quick, I want to get back to one. We we're talking about Georgia and Ohio State being there yesterday. Can't forget one guy, uh, Zell, Zealous Hicks. He's a 2026 safety out of uh, – Carrollton High School, Carrollton, Georgia, and you talk about another football power. Oh, my goodness, there's some great players there. Zealous Hicks was at Ohio State for the Michigan State game this year. Um, uh, got an offer from Ohio State. Uh, is absolutely very interested in the Buckeyes. Ohio State was there at his school to see him yesterday. And, again, he's a 2026 safety that, Mark, I'm sure you're going to be eventually doing a uh, evaluation um, on him. And it's going to be very favorable. I'll tell you right, right now, he is really good. And Ohio State was in the great state of Georgia to see him as well yesterday. And he's going to get back to Ohio State. He's already told me that. With quarterbacks, man, it's a copycat deal. And uh, if you guys remember, what was the one thing they said about C.J. Stroud that they felt like would convey, and that is his accuracy. The one thing that I've been told by people I trust that you cannot teach, the ball goes where it wants to, and if you are naturally accurate, that cannot be taught. And C.J. Stroud is blessed in that level. So if either one of those guys has that natural accuracy, and that is what they say about saying, um, we also have to wait. Both these guys need to get into the college weight program, um, get around bigger dudes. So I don't think there's any guarantee that saying over Nolan or Nolan over saying they've just covered their bases. And I don't think quarterbacks like it used to be. I said this on a several shows. I think stockpiling quarterbacks and guys transferring just the way it is now. 60% of the quarterbacks in football, Division One last year, were transfers. So it's really just a giant game of musical chairs that goes on for the off, for the offseason. And then you hope you got a seat at the end at a uh, at a big-time place. And like we said, Tavian St. Clair coming after that. We had a boarding house item yesterday about the fact that he is not intimidated at all. He's psyched for the competition and the greatness and has hired – Cardale Jones to be his new quarterback coach. So hopefully that works out. All right. I think we're done. I think we got everything licked in there. 40 minutes on the dot without a five-star commitment. That's uh, that's stretching it a bit, but we will have these guys back on Tuesday. And like I said, uh, Thursday, Thursday, Bill, jeez, <laughs> Julian sand and Thursday. Somebody's not getting enough sleep. Uh, it might be me. All right, guys. Appreciate y'all stopping by. Have a good one.